Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Travelling really well, Magnificent Storm got away from Leverage-O. Gambit's down on the inside, water out jumping, Jack Mack, Willow Rock and Roll and Minstrel, but racing clear, Magnificent Storm is doing it in fine style over the final stages from Gambit and third place is Leverage-O, but Magnificent Storm races home to win brilliantly. We know he's one of the stars of WA Harness Racing. He goes around tomorrow night, Chris, at uh, Gloucester Park. Awkward draw, but he, it, that's mm. not the highlight race. The Oaks, of course, is going to be running. Of course, I'll be interested in Matty Young's brother's horse going around there, if, who led last start and just got tired late. Yeah, well, that's really interesting that uh, that WA Oaks feature tomorrow night, Steve, because a month ago it was about one horse, one horse only. She's had two defeats. The wheels have clearly fallen off. So can she bounce back? Wonderful to fly. So that's going to be interesting. And just in regards to Magnificent Storm, does he come across to Victoria and tackle the Inter-Dominion? Another victory tomorrow night would certainly solidify that, I suppose, but there's no guarantee at this point in time. But uh, all important, that meeting tomorrow night. It is indeed, yeah. She had to do a bit of work. Is that fair to say last week, Chris? Uh, wonderful to fly to find the top. Yeah, I suppose, but she has been a little disappointing uh, at yep. those past two efforts, Steve. So uh, she's not the filly she was a month ago, but can they turn it around? So that's going to be mm. very interesting. Fascinated when uh, you have a chat to Matt. But Greg O'Connor is with us now. now. There's always lots to talk about with Greg. Well, the countdown continues, Steve, for the New Zealand Cup. We're a month away, and the the Aussie flavour with the New Zealand Cup this year seems to be getting stronger and stronger. Fresh off Rock and Roll Do, claiming the Victoria Cup. Majestic Cruiser, who won the tab uh, Blacks of Fake during our Constellations in, in July, he was back at the trials this week from the stand, so that means he's aiming towards the New Zealand Cup, and there's a few others there as well. Copy that, the defending champion. He's also headed back home as well. They're due to fly home today, but both copy that and rock and roll do. So there's a lot to talk about. They've got a great meeting tomorrow night at Addington. And our man over there on the ground is Greg O'Connor. And he's with us now. Greg, uh, appreciate the time. Yeah, afternoon, Chris. Uh, gee, you summed that up beautifully, isn't it? Building nicely towards the IRT New Zealand Cup, the 2022 edition. And I can tell you the folks at Addington and, in fact, the greater Canterbury region are, are delighted that they're going to have crowds back at the races. And we've missed that the last couple of years at Addington, but, oh, they're going to be there in their droves this time. And they are going to be there to witness what I think is building to be one of uh, the cup races for the ages. Well, the obvious question that I want to put to you straight up, Greg, is there a knock on the All-Stars and their their team for, for Cup Day this year? Because this this Australian hype is getting bigger and bigger. All the Victorians want to claim that Rock and Roll do's the next big thing. Uh, we've got Majestic Cruise that's likely to head your way. So why why is the All-Stars not scaring everyone away? Well, there's a couple of, uh, couple of things that you need to consider there. One, when haven't the Victorians labelled the next horse as their next superstar? <laughs> But I actually agree with them this time. But two, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of an undertone even here in, in New Zealand around the way the All-Stars team hasn't just fronted up and been winning everything. What I would say is they're a little bit behind where they would normally be. And you've also got to factor in the, the new change of horse birth date and the fact that all of the age group classics are now in the back end of the year. I mean, tomorrow night we've got a, a new Group 1 race, uh, the Flying Stakes, which was traditionally the lead-up to the Derby. 
um, which is now sponsored by you guys or a company in your area, Sunshine Stars, which we're very grateful for. Um, so things are a, a little bit uh, delayed, I suppose, in terms of when they want to peak their horses. I am not going to get in the camp of let's question what Mark Purden, Hayden Cullen mm. and Natalie Rasmussen are up to because you know what will happen next. They will bite you <laughs> fear dinkum because their arsenal, and they load them up tomorrow night, I, I think you'll see a, a, an improved Akuta. We'll talk about him in a moment. Um, the undercard, they've got some really strong chances as well. So after tomorrow night, I think some of those murmurings, some of the noise around that, Chris, may well be abating. Okay, as it stands right now, Tab have got the market looking like this: self-assured three fifty, rock and roll do now four dollars, a cooter at five fifty, copy that defending champ seven fifty, South Coast Arden Spankham eleven dollars, Alta Wise Guy fifteen, BD Joe the stable mate of Alta Wise Guy, uh, Alta Wise Guy fifteen dollars, and Krugs at fifteen dollars, along with Majestic Cruiser. Does that seem about right in your opinion? Yeah, I think so, um, and I think as you reeled those off you get the feeling that there's a lot more depth to the cup this year. And, and if you look at last year's cup field, it was basically down to copy that through the front row. If self-assured had, he would have found the front like he did, and he would have won, and the only other chance was South Coast Arden, and he was off the unruly, so he really didn't re- have a realistic winning chance. So I think I think the market is about right. There's, there's a couple of big uh, factors to play out there. One, a cooter goes around tomorrow night, then goes to the Ashburton Flying Stakes, where if he fronts up and he runs in the top three, I'd say chance of being in the cup are a lot higher. Um, if he gets beaten tomorrow night, I don't think he'll go to the flying stakes and therefore uh, he's out of play. He's picked a really hard year to front up in, in, in a New Zealand Cup, albeit in the old he would be a four-year-old. And he is exceptional, but yeah, I, I reckon it's 50-50 at best that he goes to the race. If he goes, of course, he's a great chance of... Uh, of being very competitive. But the depth to this year's uh, Cup, Chris, is uh, is there for everyone to see. Um, the next couple of weeks, South Coast Arden was awful at Methven the other day. I haven't actually got an update as to uh, anything that's come out of that. Um, I'm sure that'll come out uh, before he starts at the Ashburton Flying Stakes. But, um, you know, he needs to lift considerably. A horse like Kango, who won the Superstars, um, Anna Donnelly thinks a lot of him and, and so does David Butcher who drives him and, and he was just just a par effort I suppose at, at Method too so there's a few of those going around tomorrow night uh, alongside the likes of BD Joe who's been excellent the Telford team is really really firing up um, Alter Wise Guy was, was great in that Method Cup and he'll now head to Ashburton so that's Monday week for the listeners who uh, aren't exactly sure how things pan out now so we go Monday week well Friday night tomorrow night Addington, then Monday week to Ashburton, and then Kaikoura for the last-ditched efforts, if you like, if you want to make it into that top 15. But having having the Australian interest, that's what the the folklore around the New Zealand Cup has been built on, you know, the My Lightning Blues and um, the, the even, even horses like Arden Rooney, who obviously was uh, started his career here in New Zealand but was Australian-owed, Cruz Bromac, exactly the same, uh, flashing red coming out and making those two cups he won, you know, great staying contest. That's what the New Zealand Cup is built on. So to have two bona fide Grand Circuit stars... Uh, coming to, to Addington Raceway, both of whom have won Group 1 races in the last six months, um, is, is just, just fantastic. And it'll only lift the profile, not only here, Chris, but across uh, your way as well.
Yeah, absolutely. As as you outlined, Majestic Cruiser, he's a, a genuine star, Grand Circuit winner here, winning the Blacks of Fake. He won that uh, messenger over there earlier in the year in Auckland. So he, he knows that, uh, well, connections know that he's good enough to beat the Kiwis over there. Just on Rock and Roll Do, he, he leaves Victoria today, heads over there with Copy That. He's due to start at Ashburton in the Flying Stakes. But you believe that he's good enough to win the Cup? Oh, they don't win Victoria Cups like that. No way. You do not sit outside expensive ego, who who was under par. But, you know, like Better Eclipse was at your carnival as well. And, and you know what I thought of him. He, he's a very, very mm. good horse. And he couldn't get near him. And, and, and Mick Stanley was just sitting there. You, you just don't see that very often. The other things I loved about him, Chris, were round at the start, no overcheck, head down, waiting for things to happen, wasn't getting wound up at all, which is a key to Cup Day. There's 20,000 people at Addington Raceway, and some horses don't handle it. He certainly looks like he will. I think Majestic Cruise is in the same boat. And, and don't write off copy that either. You know, there's, there's a, a few knockers out there saying his campaign to Australia hasn't been that good. He took a length off better eclipse inside that last 150 metres, and they were home in 54-4. and four. So he, he's not going bad at all. And I spoke to Ray Green yesterday, and he said, look, um, I couldn't have got the fitness that that horse needed because don't forget, he spent about three months in a box earlier in the year um, if he'd stayed in New Zealand. So um, he believes he's, he's right on track and Blair Orange has been confirmed as his driver to defend his title. And hey, if he stepped and found the front again, there'd be a brave person to suggest he wouldn't go close uh, and go back to back. Yeah, absolutely. Just on a cooter, if he does tackle the cup, is Mark Purden a lock to drive him? And if he does... How does that sort of, uh, you know, set up self-assured and spank him? Who, who would drive who there? I would imagine Natalie Rasmussen would go to self-assured. She drove to win the Auckland Cup, so I, I would imagine that would happen. Um, and, and, and spank him, they would need to find another driver. Johnny Cox has been driving quite a lot for them uh, in recent times, so that, that wouldn't surprise me if he, he picked up the steer there. But... Uh, Mark would have to drive a cooter uh, because he part owns him, so and and I think he'd want to drive him anyway, Chris. To be honest, so that's how I would see that um, that shaking down, and and if that does uh, if that does unfold, then um, yeah, I, I would see Natalie driving self assured. Okay, let's keep talking about a cooter. He starts tomorrow night. Do you expect him to bounce back? Were you disappointed with that effort last time out? Look, on the on the night, you thought, oh, gee, he hasn't gone that good. And then you went back and reviewed it and you, and you looked at the clock and Republican Party's no slouch. And he was on the markers and ran home in 54.9 and Akuta tried to come three wide from about the 400 metre mark. Now, he went to Omaru. That was his first up run. He sat parked in front Pembroke Playboy, who beat self-assured uh, in February of la- last year, earlier this year, sorry. No, it was last year. Uh, but he's beaten self-assured. Uh, and in the trail was uh, Ultra Wise Guy. Now, the overall time in the uh, Hannah Memorial wasn't that fast, Chris, but he was first up for this campaign, first time against the older horses outside of a, a, a run that he had at Alexandra Park leading into the Northern Derby. So it, it might have just hurt him a wee bit, and, and Mark suggested that he thought he was a bit big in condition. So what he's done, he's cut his feedback. Uh, there's been a lot of rain in Canterbury. This will sound ridiculous given the amount of rain you've had in New South Wales and the like. Um, but there's been a lot. We had about 300 mils through July, which was a record since they've been taking records. So what's happened is the ground was really wet. Now we've had a lot of warm weather. There's a lot of growth, Chris. He's been in a paddock with grass and he's been eating his normal feeds. Mark's gone, right, no more grass for you. Halved your feed. Well, not halved, but dropped his feed back, upped his work. 
you'll see a different version tomorrow night. I expect him to win tomorrow night. He's drawn eight. I expect him to go forward. It's a $100,000 race. It's over 1980. Akuda will bounce back tomorrow night. Um, and as I said before, if he doesn't, there's no chance he'll be in the cup anyway. So, yes, you'll see a different version. I think you'll see the best of him uh, or close to it tomorrow night. Okay. A follow-up question with Akuda. The derby comes up in the first weekend of uh, December. You fell in love with Leap to Fame when you were here as our ambassador for the Carnival for the Tab Constellations in July. Following Saturday night, where he's made you know a, a clean sweep of the East Coast derbies, do you think there'll be any sort of phone call from New Zealand officials to the connections of Leap to Fame trying to you know coax him or convince him to head your way for the derby? Um, look, I, I'd, I'd, I'd say they they might ring, but I don't think there's any chance he'd come. Um, gee, I'd love to mm. see him. You you you, you know, you know my uh, my <laughs> love affair for, for, for Leap to Fame because. You know, gee, I just sat back and watched Anora's performance on Saturday night, as I did when he won in Queensland. But um, he, he's a brilliant, brilliant horse. When they clash, will I want to be there? Absolutely. Any harness racing fan should want to be there. But, um, mm. yeah, he, he's an exceptional horse, Leap to Fame. And, and wherever he goes now, he's going to have a following. And so he should have. And, yes, he might have had some favours in front. But doesn't he just run those 27 and a half quarters to break everyone's heart? And by the time they get to the last quarter, they're thinking, yeah, I, th- I wish this was, was over because um, he just keeps blaring through them. So I don't think we'll see him here in December. I'm pretty sure you'll find that um, you know he'll, he'll have races like the Eureka on his radar, I would think. Hmm. Worth a phone call, though. Worth a phone call. You never oh, know. Hey, one of the, to give him the yeah, call. <laughs> indeed, indeed. One of the other highlights tomorrow night at Addington is this two-year-old race, uh, the Harness Million. It comes through as race nine. Many have got it pegged as a, a three-horse clash here, and it's a really good clash. Merlin comes down from the North Island for Barry Purden and Scott Phelan. Uh, Alton Meteor, there's huge raps on this guy. And the unbeaten Don't Stop Dreaming for Mark Purden. Who wins this race and why? Well, look, the barrier draws made it intriguing. Merlin comes in, well, he's the outside of the front row, even with the scratching coming out. Uh, inside second row, Ulta Meteor, I think that takes him out of play. Um, there's no way he'll be able to pull back and go around them, and he'd need extreme luck to be able to beat them. He can go with them, but I don't think he'll be able to beat them this week. And Don't Stop Dreaming was fresh up. Mark's had an interrupted preparation this time in with him, hence the reason why we haven't seen him. Um, and he got uh, a beautiful barrier draw last week, led, trailed, got up the lane, and, d- and did it really nicely. But outside of second row, six horses wide on the second row over the 1980. Um, if there's anything you, you've uh, learned over the years, Chris, in these Grand Circuit-type races, speed is um, almost impossible to come from a draw like that unless there are other horses to cart you into the race and there's a back-off quarter. And I don't think there will be this time because I see Zachary Butcher pressing the go button with Merlin, who, get this, seven from seven on race day, he's never been beaten at the workouts or trials either. Um, mm. he's, he's only a little guy. Then he was a few years ago called Maxim, who was um, about the same size, um, maybe even smaller, and and Zach drove him, and he had awesome speed, and um, he he won a couple of Group 1 races. This guy's a virtual replica of him, and Zach said he's faster. So I see him making sure he takes advantage of that front row barrier draw. Um, It'll be a burn to the end of the back straight, which I find him in front, and if he gets there, Merlin, I I think he can lower the colours of Don't Stop Dreaming. Very rare that you go into... Uh, a, a big two-year-old race. It's 200 grand where there are two horses unbeaten. One seven wins, one four. And, well, one of them, unless they have a dead heat, not going to have that mantle mm. any longer. 
Yeah, absolutely. Queensland own Merlin as well. Dean Shannon races that star youngster. It's a great program. Millwood Nike steps out as well tomorrow night. And the trot, I'm keen to get your thoughts here. Is it a two-horse race here between Muscle Mountain and Sunday Sun, both beaten last time out, or could there be an upset in the Canterbury Park Trotters' Cup? Yeah, there could be an upset. I think all things being equal, if Muscle Mountain does things right, and again, the barrier draws, Chris, one off 20 metres. It's the one spot you didn't want him after the way he stepped away last time. I did uh, do an interview with Greg Hope on Sunday, and, and he said um, they made a bit of an error. They, they upped, they've upped his work, and he needs to keep moving around at the start. Ben sort of gave him a quiet warm-up rather than his normal um, wisdom warm-up that he normally does, and, um, and he just stood there and said, buggy, or I'm not going to step away. So he said he doesn't anticipate that happening. It actually happened last year at his first start. Um, and then he came out and he won on that Kaikoura day, which was held at Addington. And, um, you know, we know what he's gone on and done since then, Muscle Mountain. He's a, pretty, he's a very, very good horse. Sunday Sun, uh, they haven't been happy with him the whole preparation this time in. Uh, John said to me on Tuesday he's a lot happier with him, but he's still not where he needs to be. Now, we know how a Sunday Sun race is best, Chris. He needs to be driven as the best horse in the race, round them, running them into the deck. Now, that hasn't happened or won't be happening on Friday night, and, and until I can see that form from him, then I won't be tipping him on top. Can he win it? Absolutely. I think Muscle Mountain's the best winning chance in it, though, and if there is to be an upset, it'll be the Dunn stablemate, Matt Adderos, who's about $9. I wouldn't count his chances out. Okay, we'll put a ring around him, Matt Adiros. It's a fascinating program tomorrow night. The next month is going to be uh, superb over there in New Zealand. We will be in touch, but I really appreciate the time today. Yeah, no problem. Any time, mate, you just give us a call. Cheers, Chris. There's Greg O'Connor joining us, the best in the business over there in New Zealand. So he's got a lot to look forward to with that meeting tomorrow night. Tab have markets up already on most of those features coming through, so you can check them right out uh, now. So it's uh, all important, uh, that meeting tomorrow night. I want to focus on Albion Park. We go back to racing at headquarters tomorrow. We've got nine there, and we've got nine for our Metro card on Saturday night. Without doubt, the highlight race for mine on this card on Saturday night is race six, the clash between two absolute speedsters here, Uncle Shank and Love Your Work. Love Your Work has won his last five, so he's shooting for six in a row. He's trained and driven by Trent Dawson, and Trent joins us now on Mobile Rolling. Trent, really appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on. This is going to be uh, a heck of a race on Saturday night. Two speedsters here. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're both really, really going good, I guess. I mean, Uncle Shank's always been a nice horse, and I guess, you know, my guy's come a long way. His last half a dozen runs there, he's sort of, you know, probably wouldn't have expected that he'd be he'd be sort of lining up like he is. But, um, yeah, I mean, Uncle Shank's got the good barrier drawer on us, so, um, yeah, he probably he's probably taking a few extra points than what we are right now. Well, let's talk about your guy. What is it that's made him just jump out of the ground as it is right now? Shooting for six in a row, that's not an easy feat. Has it just been a maturity thing with Love Your Work? Yeah, well, you know, as, as everyone who's probably seen him race, like he, as, he was probably a very average two-year-old, and um, particularly early on, he wasn't much better at three, but he gradually got better and better. And, you know, he'd come back at four, and we, we thought he was, you know, going to be a solid Saturday night horse, but he's... He's, you know, over over excelled himself at the minute. Um, you know, I, just, I don't know where he'll end up. I don't know whether he'll get better or, or this this is as good as we'll get. But, I mean, it seems like time just keeps on. Uh, the more time we give him, the, the better he comes back. So, I mean, we'll probably we'll probably give him a chance to, to have a little break and, you know, see if there's anything, anything, anything else left in the tank that we can drain out of it. 
He is bred to be good, though, Trent. He's by Western Terror, who's a, a star sire out of Billabong Girl, who was a great race mare for Gavin Lang. She she knocked up winning several features, so he does have a pedigree. Yeah, it's sort of. You probably at first first glance you wouldn't you wouldn't realise until you look into it, but. Um, you know, I think his pedigree's probably been a little bit of the key with him. I think I think probably at times we were we were a bit bit tough on him. We expected because he could work good, and you know we'd work him a bit tough. But I think I think he's got a bit of classic Gary blood in him, and um, you know he, he seems to thrive on having a light lightish program. So we sort of don't we don't do a lot with him really that much at home, and um, that was probably the key. You know, even even at times when. Uh, we thought we were working him easy, you know. We sort of ended up working him even lighter again. So, um, you know, some things work for some horses, don't they? Mm, absolutely. When he races, he races hard. He can peel off brilliant sectionals, in particular over the final half. Uh, and he's a horse that he won't shy away from a scrap. So this looks like it's going to be tailor-made for him on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always tough when you, when you come up against, like, Uncle Shanks are, Really nice horse, and you know he, he's he, yeah he's gone fifty. I think his last start or two starts ago there himself. So, um, you know it's tough if you're gonna if you're gonna be off the rail doing that. I mean it's it's really tough to to beat to beat a horse of e- equal or maybe even got a shade shade ability on you. You know, so um, it's going to be tough for us. I mean it's going to be a good race. I, I think it's you know it, if if something happens and um, you know Uncle Shank has to work a little harder that first quarter or um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just going to be a good race to watch, I guess, and it'll be good be good going in there. It's always sort of good to go up and um, sort of test yourself with those kind of races. Is there any sort of chance that Uncle Shank might take a trail on Love Your Work? Oh, I mean, I, I guess in my mind, I sort of just hope for the best and prepare for the worst, but um, I would probably think Uncle Shank, you know, given the barrier draw, you know, he'll probably want to take take advantage of that you know they know they know he can run run some slick sections themselves out, out in front so um it'd be nice i mean it, it, i think probably if uncle shank even did take a sit on us um by the off chance that they did i i, I probably think he's you know he's going to take a, a sit and shot at us um you know so it's gonna either, either way we sort of look at it you know where I, I probably see that um you know this is his biggest challenge i know he, he took on the free for all last start but um, it's just, it just doesn't seem like there's any great way we're going to probably work out a better trip than Uncle Shank at this point. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be a good tester. I think, I think we'll get a good measuring stick. Well, just on that last start, win of Love Your Work, he, he took on the open-class performers. We had the late scratching of Northview Hustler. It's all hypothetical now, but could have he have beaten you that night, Northview Hustler? Uh, I mean, probably as it turned out, he, he, he probably could have. I, I don't think... Um, I don't think my guy was as good as he was the week before. It probably took a, a little bit of edge off him. And, um, you know, I, I think he, he kind of, he knocked off weight, which I, I probably probably allowed that a bit more than I should have. You know, they got a bit closer than, than they than they probably should have. And probably I, I got a little sweaty the last 20 metres. But, um, um, yeah, like Northview House was a really good horse. So, I mean, he was, you know, he was the one we, we had to aim up to beat him that night, not the other way around. Sure. Now, the guys that race love your work. Are they enjoying the ride? Is there any sort of phone calls taking place from North American interests? Yeah, yeah. The, the guy who owns him, Kevin Russell, the main owner there. He, um, yeah, he's, he's sort of fielded a, a fair bit of interest, actually, a little bit of it. Mm. So, um, 
you know, there's been some reasonable offers for him, and he's he's kind of really enjoying racing him at this point. So it's sort of it's a tough spot to be. I mean, the the money the money's great, and there may be a magic number that he's got that'll um that'll eventually buy him. But he's certainly having a lot of fun right now. And you know, even when we get to the free for all, we've got to remember he's only four. So you know, he could probably yeah. take a year or two to season up before we see the best of him. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, you don't know how far he could go. He could just keep developing. Well, yeah, as a two-year-old, nearly three-year-old, there's there's no way I would have um, said we'd be here, uh, you know, win six in a row and win a free-for-all with him. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've had enough. I've had enough of having him put an egg on my face for for all the right reasons. But um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to predict the future with him at all. So. Well, just keep enjoying the ride, and I'm sure uh, Kev and uh, the co-owners will uh, keep having a heap of fun with Love Your Work. I think it's going to be a, a fascinating race there on Saturday night. Trent, really appreciate the time, and we'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. Trent Dawson joining us. So he's got that guy absolutely flying Love Your Work, aiming for six straight, and who knows, with that track Renault carried out now, if the track is sharp there on Saturday night, those two horses, they've both gone 50 and a, and a piece themselves, uh, Uncle Shank and Love Your Work. Who knows what they could run there on Saturday night. So that's going to be really interesting. Ben Battle is going to Albion Park on Saturday night as well. He pulled off a stunning upset last week with Miss Verstappen. She was able to take out the Mayor's race and she goes back to Albion Park this Saturday night and she lines up in the final to race. Ben's online with us now. Ben, appreciate the time. Did she surprise you last week? Um, somewhat, Chris. She's actually since joining the stable from uh, down at Clayton Harn Harmony down at Cessnock there. Uh, we, we've sort of been real pleased with her with the track work and and the way she sort of uh, handled the transition to the Sunshine State. But um, she was somewhat disappointing a previous start when leading up over the mile at Albion Park, but uh, driven a bit bit different way and a bit more conservative. Uh, it, it was obviously quite a surprise that she could get the job done at sort of thirty to one in an unsuitable race, but. Um, that the riding was on the wall somewhat from a track work the week previous. Okay. Do you think she'll be at those sort of odds again on Saturday night? Um, yeah, I'd suggest so, Chris. It's, it's definitely a, a bit of a step up in company from the, the qualifier mares to the band five um, race. There's a few sort of nice season mares there in that race on Saturday night, so it's, it's definitely going to be tough again. Okay, she's got good versatility. She's got a really good gate speed, and she proved last week she can follow speed and, and let rip with a, a quick closing quarter. So she's still got a bit of upside, this mare. Yeah, definitely, Chris. As I said, we, we've been really pleased with her since she's joined the stable and um, going forward, I, I think she's a, a pretty pretty handy mare. She's got really high speed and um, we'll probably try and adopt her to drive her that way a little bit, as evident on Saturday night. That, that, that sort of might be a go, so... Um, yeah, we, we sort of uh, real happy with her. Okay. We've got you there all night on Saturday night because you're in the first, you're in the last. Miss Verstappen in the final race. Call me Keith, race one, number one. He looks like he's going to be a sharp improver here on the weekend. Yeah, we're, we're hoping so, Chris. He, he was really good first up um, last Saturday night. He, he closed off in some, some handy sectionals himself and um, actually felt really good to the line. So I was real happy with his first start run and hopefully with him bit of fitness um, under his belt from the run on Saturday night. He, he should be in it with a real show on Saturday. Mm. Just looking at this field, it's a good quality field, but when you break down that front row, no real speedsters there. So does he have the speed to lead, in your opinion? Um, yeah, he, he actually hums the arm quite good, Chris. Yeah. So um, 
yeah, we'll just um, you know have a chat to Nathan and, and see how he assesses the field and, and make a decision from there. But um, you know, if we choose to, he, he's definitely got the speed to, to hold him and, and uh, hold the front. Is that Nathan's first night back after a little suspension? Uh, I think he's back on Friday. So okay. So he gets a couple of uh, warm-ups before Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but two good chances, though, on Saturday night, uh, albeit uh, they've got you there all, all, all night. Race one, race yeah. nine. Gonna be uh, going to be a long old night, but hopefully uh, that, that won't matter if we have a bit of luck. Okay, just looking at Friday, yes, you're right, and you should know because you've got him down for Franco Marcha. He's your only runner on Friday tomorrow, so is he good enough to score first up? Um, I think he'll he'll need the run somewhat fitness-wise. Chris, it's been about 10 days since he uh, had a trial, or nearly a fortnight come Friday since he's, uh, he trialled behind Tizza Sizzler um, Friday week ago. But, um, yeah, he's definitely on the improve, and um, it'll be just interesting to see how he uh, handles himself on, on Friday going forward. Well, that's good trial form because, as we know, Tizza Sizzler won last week. And you've got one runner today here at Recklev who stole my pigeon, probably the stable favourite, He's going well. Can he overcome this wide draw? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so, Chris. He's, he's racing really well at the moment. He's just a real consistent little fella. Just um, gives his all every time you step him on the track. So um, he's sort of drawn wide gates his last couple of starts and been there handy and been there and about in the finish. So let's hope that he can um, repeat the dose today. All right. Are you happy with the way the stable's going right now? Yeah, starting to um, get, a, get a bit of the power that we've got behind us back to the race. We had a bit of a quiet period over the last few months with uh, a lot of the young stock coming through and break, breakers and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, starting to get a few of the, the big guns back to the, the track, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Good time as well with the Summer Carnival just around the corner. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, hopefully we're timed our run to perfection. All right. Well, hopefully it starts today and you have a really pleasant weekend. You got the spoils last week. Hopefully you do it again with Miss Verstappen. Appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. Good on you, Chris. Thanks, mate. There's Ben Battle joining us. So he's got some good chances. Who stole my pigeon today? That's race eight. Franco Marcho tomorrow. And the two runners there, Call Me Keith in race one and Miss Verstappen in that mare's race. So that's all in front of us over the next couple of days. Gloucester Park Harness Racing tomorrow night. Ten races and it's group one racing because the WA Oaks is the feature. That is race number five. Our man on the ground is Matty Young and he's online now. And there's a heap of questions we've got to fire at Matty. <laughs> in particular, to Wonderful to Fly. Can she bounce back? Steve, we were talking about this earlier. So let's put him on yeah. under, the, under the spotlight. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. Did she just do, do too much work last week to find the top or not, Matt? What did you make of it? Uh, I didn't... I, uh, how do I word this without upsetting him? Um, <laughs> I wasn't... <laughs> I didn't think it was one of Shane's best, put it that way. Um, he ran into some... Uh, a little bit of a pushback from uh, Gary Hall Jr. and Shannon Savelko early. Uh, I think she performed pretty well. Um, but... I must admit, when doing the form, I think I mentioned on the show last week, I thought she'd just go back. And, uh, well, I guess that proves that I don't talk to Shane about tactics. So, um, yeah, I thought she still went pretty good. She went to her ability. It's just the way that she ran the race was the wrong way around. So uh, she got a little bit tired late. And once she's she hits empty, she's done. So, um, yeah, I uh, from all reports, she's pulled up great. And... Uh, she's eaten all the food and she's... I've actually spoken to Shane this week, so 
uh, he's pretty happy with her. So where does she map here then? Um, it's an interesting one because Little Darling's obviously the one that could provide the most resistance in trying to get the front. So I'd imagine that um, if Little Darling leads, I think Shane will just amble forward and go to the breeze and just be happy to sit in the breeze and just try and control the race. Um, and if he turns it into a sprint home, I think she'll, she can win. A little darling may very well hand up to her as well because um, whoever leads in the races that she sits outside them, they don't finish in the money. So that could be a surprise. That would be a surprise, I should say. But the one that I'm leaning towards a little bit is little darling is not that quick and uh, taking the mickey's got plenty of speed and I thought taking the mickey might wait for Shane and try and take the sit and get the perfect one. So those were just a couple of scenarios, but I think the draw is pretty good for her, especially where Silvana's drawn, especially where in the spotlight's drawn and on the Mighty Lucy. So, yeah, I think she's, you know, up to her eyeballs. I'm fascinated by this because a month ago... It was just a one-horse race with wonderful to fly, and timing is everything. So the last two starts haven't been great, but uh, it, it, it's game on now, isn't it? There? There's a number of chances here. Yeah. You say that, and I, I, I do agree with you, because there was definitely an issue two starts ago. And I think that he was just a touch over-aggressive. I'm being very kind again. A touch over-aggressive last start. And I believe that of what he did in the race and how the horse performed time-wise, uh, Russell Betts broke it down on my show on Tuesday that she was three and four wide in a 27.5 quarter to get to the front. Um, and then she's gone 27.9 down the back. So she's got a little bit tired late. Um, she's a horse that's got a lot of high speed but once she hits empty that's it there's no more left um so i think she's got more speed to burn than any other horse in this race it's just whether she can be able to use her energy at the right stages so um i think people have found that there's a bit of an issue there in regards to how much pressure she could cop but the ones that are putting the pressure on that, the ones that are going to beat her, it's going to be a horse like I'm the Mighty Lucy coming from back in the field. So I honestly think if Shane just drove it for one run, she would beat them from nearly any position because she's just so fast. But um, tactically, Friday will be very fascinating. Mm. No doubt about it. The other feature tomorrow night is the free-for-all. Magnificent Storm got the job done. He had the right gate first up. He draws the other end of the spectrum tomorrow night. He's the outside of the front row. Can he go back-to-back? Well, he can. Uh, It's going to be a very interesting race because Jumping Jack Mack looks your leader in the event and uh, there's plenty of talent in the field. So Magnificent Storm was good the other day, but as you mentioned, Chris, like if you have a look at the time, the way that... He controlled and uh, just worked that race perfectly, rated it to to perfection at Eldo. This is going to be a little bit tougher. So, uh, yeah, I can see him getting beaten uh, because it normally takes him a few runs to really hit his straps. And the other day he was able to lead and it was just a a fast trial for him. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think jumping Jack Max got a big chance to be able to uh, 
turn the tables and uh, he's got the draw and got the driver. Okay. It's been a tough week over there in WA uh, with the passing of Beth Richardson. She races jumping Jack Mack. Uh, she was a, 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 a huge supporter of harness racing, uh, a huge pillar of strength for the Hall stable, racing horses like I'm the Mighty Queen, Chicago Bull, King of Swing. She races jumping Jack Mack. How big a loss is Beth going to be to the industry? Oh, huge. She was, uh, just, she was at the track nearly every week and she loved her horses and she loved to be there to go out and get a photo with them when they won. So even though she had some of the best ones, uh, she she still spent a lot of money with her, her husband, John, in the sport. And uh, they've had a lot of lows as well as the highs of the horses that you mentioned. So uh, she's been through it thick and thin and loved the game. And it's a, a terrible loss for the industry, a terrible loss for Gary Hall Sr. And, um, yeah, she'll be greatly missed. And I think... Uh, her love for the animal is something that a lot of people in the industry to aspire to have as owners. Um, a lot of people can look at it like a business. Well, Beth was able to look at it as a business as well as love the animal. So, yeah, she'll be greatly missed. Yeah, no doubt about it. Big night tomorrow night. What is your best bet before we wrap it up this morning? Uh, race 7, number 1, Rascal. Uh, I was a bit disappointed with the performance of Kimball uh, on debut in the West here. And Rascal's got the draw, 2,500 metres, Chris Lewis. He's got the gate speed. I think he'll uh, lead. And over the longer trip, I think he'll run a cracking race. So race seven, number one, Rascal with my best on the card. Okay, race seven, number one, fingers crossed for the family tomorrow night with Wonderful to Fly in the WA Oaks. That is a Group 1 feature worth $150,000. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, boys.